Well, welcome to Impact Church. Don't forget to sign up today, register today for your group uh, or groups that you're going to be a part of this semester. And you can get all of the, the addresses, the locations, the, the times, all of that stuff is at Impact Central over here on the registration sheet. And so you can check that out to know where you need to go and get all of that information as well. And I want to take a moment and apologize to you for the temperature in the room. <laughs> one, of the, one of the air conditioned units for this building uh, went out apparently this last week or over the weekend. And so that's why it's a little warmer in here today. And I was making a joke earlier. I said last week I had on a, a short sleeve shirt, and this week I wore flannel. <laughs> and the week that I wear flannel is the week that it's, you know, 73 degrees in the room and stuffy. So we apologize in advance. Uh, for those of you that, that are here for the first time, it's not normally this hot in here, all right? So we apologize for that. And uh, welcome to part five and the conclusion of our series that we've called Filters. That was a great place for an aww. Today is, today is the end of this series, and I want to catch us all up to speed just really quick with where we've gone in this series and then get into what we're going to talk about today. The, the first week of this series, we talked about a message entitled The Comma, and we saw where there's a scripture, in, there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And it's Jesus speaking to us and saying, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And we talked about the hook that the enemy drops into the water in our life, but he doesn't show us the hook because what do we do when we go fishing? We put bait on the hook so it hides the hook and makes us think, makes the fish think that this is something they want when in reality it's not. And so we, we talked about how a lot of times we translate that verse to say, well, if you love me, you would obey my commands. Like Jesus is mad at us. And I don't think that's the way that it is at all. I don't think Jesus is mad at you and telling you, well, if you really love me, then you would do what I tell you to do, and you wouldn't even be in this situation, and you wouldn't struggle with that. I don't think that's what Jesus says. I think, I think Jesus says it more like this, that if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you're in love with me, you'll obey my commands. In a marriage, if, if, if you love me, you'll be faithful. If, if you're focused on love and not the doing, then all of the doing will take care of itself. All of the commands that, that you feel like you need to follow or the, the areas you feel like you're not measuring up or that you're never going to get there, if you'll get on this side of the comma and focus on loving Jesus then Jesus just has this strange way of working all this stuff out. But it's when we get on this side of the comma and try to work it all out and do it ourselves, and we're going to help God out because he's not moving fast enough for me. But we got to get back on the right side of the comma. Then in part two, my wife brought a message uh, entitled, Filter Your Focus. And she talked to us about what you see, what you hear, and, and, and the sound you listen to. What you see, what you say, and the sound you listen to. How many of you know that what you listen to in your mind a lot of times dictates what you do? It will dictate what you say about your situation. It will dictate what you think about your situation, how you speak about your situation, how you think about your situation, and you will see what you think. The thought that you listen to, and how many of you know there is all kinds of chatter going on in your mind all the time? 
You got, you know, you, I like the illustration of, of, you know, there's the angel on one shoulder and there's the demon on the other. And one of them's telling you, oh, you know, you want that and you know it looks good. And you know, that's, you know, that's what you've been wanting for so long. And now you finally have the opportunity to do it. You just need to do this and you need to do it just kind of in a way that may not be, you know, just completely right. But just go ahead and do it because it'll get you where you want to be. And then on the other shoulder, there's, there's the voice that says, no, trust me. Do it my way. And in the end, you'll, you'll, you'll be excited and you'll be thankful that you did it my way. But we've got to choose what we listen to. We have a choice. We've got to, we've got to make the decision on what we're going to listen to. Then in part three, we talked about the response. It's not the temptation and the thought that comes into your mind that is the sin. Every one of us in this room are tempted probably every day. There's a thought comes into your mind to cheat on something, to do something you know isn't right, to you know compromise your morals, to do, to do something. You're always being tempted and something, there's always a desire. We talked about desire, and then there's sin, and then there's the consequence. There's always a desire. We just have this natural, we have a sin nature, and the enemy plays off of what's already in us and makes things look better than what they actually are, but it's our response to that that makes the difference. Because you get to choose your response. If you respond by giving in, then there's sin and there's death or the consequence that comes after that. Or you can respond by replacing the thought, by knowing what's already in you, being prepared, giving it to Jesus. You get to choose your response. And then last week, we talked about full disclosure and how it's so important for you to not be isolated and you to not be alone. And this is the reason why you need to, you need to not linger around temptation and around sin. If you know what's in you and you know what you struggle with, don't linger around it. Don't hang out around it and think, well, I'm strong enough and I can make it. And I, you know, I did this for the last 15 years, but for some reason right now in this moment, I'm good. I'm strong enough. I feel like, how many of you know that when you start feeling like you're good enough and you've got it figured out and you've got it all together, that's when the devil thinks, yeah, buddy, I got them right where I want them. They're going to linger around it and I'm going to suck them right back in to where they were. So we don't need to linger. We don't need to linger. We need to find our person. Come on, do you remember this? You need to find your person. You don't have to tell everybody everything about you, but somebody needs to know everything about you. Somebody needs to know what you struggle with, and, and when you're feeling when, when you're when you're mad at your spouse, you know, we just had a fight, and this is this is awful, and I'm you know I'm struggling with all these thoughts, and I'm saying all this stuff under my breath, and I, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You get in an argument, you walk out of the room, you're just you know, you got all these, all these words coming out that you don't want anybody to hear. But they're coming out. You need somebody needs to know about you. Somebody needs to be there for you. And this is why we have groups. It's so that you can be in relationship with people who are heading in the same direction that you're heading. You're around people all the time at work and, and throughout life and everywhere you go that may not be, maybe they are, but they may not be heading in the direction that you're heading with your life. So you need an outlet. You need somewhere where you can get around 10, 15, 20 people that are heading in the same direction you're heading, and we're going to grow together. We're going to be there for each other. We talked about the scripture that says, pity the person who falls and doesn't have somebody to pick them up. It doesn't say, if you fall. It says, pity the person who falls. How many of you know that you're probably going to fall at some point? Something's going to happen in your life. There's going to be a death in the family. You're going to have a struggle in your marriage. Your job is not going to be going the way that you wanted it to go. There are going to be moments where you're going to be struggling and you're going to fall. And the Bible says, pity the person 
feel sorry for the person. I would hate to be the person who falls and does not have somebody in their life that can encourage them and pick them up and get them back on the right track. So we've got to, we've got to get in a group. We've got to find somebody that we can connect with and that we can share our life with, do life with, and all of these things. And today, as we wrap this series up, I want to talk to you on this topic. I've titled today's message, The Decision. The Decision. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, The Decision. Now look to your other neighbor and say, What, what are you going to decide? What are you going to decide? We're talking about the decision. Now, has anybody in here ever moved before? You ever moved? You moved before? Some people, I know some people in the room that just moved recently. I, yeah, very recently. You ever moved before? And, and how many of you like moving? All right. <laughs> We're all in the same boat today. But most of us can remember a time when, when I was growing up, we moved uh, Quite frequently, I guess it wasn't that bad, but every like three to six years, we would usually move somewhere else. And so when I started high school, we moved right before I started high school. We, we moved when I was in uh, starting third grade. We moved right after kindergarten going into first grade. It was, it was these moments where we just moved. And, and I remember how tough it was to move and how much, how much I didn't like to move. But maybe, maybe there's somebody here, I don't know, maybe you didn't raise your hand, and you do like to move. And here's one reason that some of us, maybe if you thought about this, you, you kind of like the fact that you moved. Because anybody ever just wanted to move to just get a fresh start? Just everybody in this town knows everything about me, and I just want to move somewhere else so I can just get a fresh start. So people won't know my past. They won't put me in this box. You know, even though I'm living for God now, they still try to put me in this box. And can I just tell you this morning, don't let them put you in that box. Don't let people, I'm not telling you to move away. I'm just telling you, you don't have to get back in the box. Somebody might want to put you back in the box that you've already gotten out of, but you don't have to get back in the box. God can help you stay out of that box and keep living your life the way that you're living it now, living it for Jesus. But sometimes we like to move because we like a, a do-over. We like a fresh start. We like to start over. Anybody ever, does anybody like having yard sales or garage sales? Anybody, we have, probably have a lot of people. Anybody like going to yard sales and garage sales? There we go. So you like the people that like to have those because you want to go buy all their stuff. <laughs> they're, they're putting stuff out here and it's like, why are you selling the microwave? Did you get a new one or does it not work? You know, why is why is the refrigerator five dollars, right? I don't know. I don't know. But some people like like having yard sales, maybe because they they wanted to declutter their house. Anybody ever been there? You're just getting stuff out. Maybe because they were looking to change the decor or they were getting new furniture and you just happened to get a great deal on something because they're buying all new furniture for their living room and they're selling the other furniture, you know, just at crazy low price because they just need it gone. But some people like to do the yard sale and garage sale thing. I'm not a fan, <laughs> if you want to say that. I'm not huge on having one. Uh, I don't mind going to them, but I'm not, a, I'm not a digger. You know what I mean by I'm not a digger? Some of y'all know this because my wife has told this on me before. <laughs> I'm not a digger. I don't want to go to, I don't want to, go to Ross. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to take a step back from the edge of the stage. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I like a good deal. 
but I just don't like to dig. Come on, is anybody like me? When I go when I go shopping for something, I don't mind going shopping. But when I walk into a store, I want if I want a t-shirt, I want to walk up to the table that has the t-shirts and they're folded where I can see what they look like and there's two or three on the mannequins and it's arranged by size and I think, "Oh, here's my size. I like that shirt. Let's go pay." I I just I'm not I'm not big on I'll do it, but I'm not big on going through the racks, you know, and it's like, "Oh, here's this style shirt and this style shirt and everything's different, but everything's cheap." You know, so I'll do it because it's cheap. But I, I'm, I'm not much for that. But there are some people that like that, that like, you know, going to those places, that like browsing through things and finding a good deal. And there are people that like owning those stores and having garage sales and yard sales. Now, have you ever cleaned out a closet? or done? We're about to enter into fall here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, I think like 11 days or 12 days or something like that. We start the fall season. And how about the weather this morning? Wasn't it just amazing? Oh, my goodness. It was fantastic. But we're about to go into fall, and a lot of people will do, like, fall cleaning and spring cleaning. Do we have any fall and spring cleaners in the room? Even if you just do one of them. (laughs) Some of y'all are like, what's cleaning? I don't know. (laughs) But some people, you ever cleaned out, you know, and you just, don't you just feel so good whenever you get in that closet that you've been avoiding for the last three years? And you're going through stuff, and then a lot of times we do this. We go through our stuff, and then we see something. We're like, oh, I don't want to get rid of that. And I'm like, can I tell you, you didn't need that for the last three years. You don't need it now. Just go ahead and get rid of it. But you go through a closet, and you just feel so good whenever you've just given it away or you've sold it or whatever, and you're like, oh, it feels so good to have that cleaned out. We just decluttered. We cleaned everything. And you just feel like it's, you feel like you can just step into the next season, Right? I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm kind of that way, if I'm just being honest. Or, anybody ever stayed up on New Year's Eve until the new year? I, I like to do this. My wife is not huge on this, and sometimes we'll be sitting there watching something on TV, and we'll fall asleep and wake up on the couch at like 2, and we're like, oh, ooh, it's a new year. Okay. But a lot of people, we look at a new year as a new opportunity. Almost like whenever the clock strikes 12 and it becomes 2018, it's a fresh start. It's a new day. I can I, Maybe you didn't like some of the decisions or some of the things that happened to you in 2017, but when 2018 gets there, you just think, oh, it's a new, this is going to be a better year. This is my year. I'm starting over. It's a fresh start for whatever reason. And here's, here's what I know. I know I'm giving you a lot of examples to try to wrap your mind around this idea today. But here's what I know about me, and here's what I know about you. That every one of us likes a do-over. Every one of us likes to have a fresh start. Every one of us would like it if we're, if we're in a place where we have people in our lives that still remember what we used to be like, if they would just go ahead and get over that so that we could actually feel like we got a fresh start in our lives. We all like, we like starting over. We like new things. It's, it's, I love, here at church, I love starting new series because it's something new. We're going a new direction. It's a new idea. It's a new topic. We love new. We love fresh. We love starting over. Every single one of us like that idea. And since we, we all like this idea of starting fresh, starting over, things that are new, I want us to look together at a passage as we into this series today that I believe will shine some light on uh, some good news for you today. In this series, we've been talking about 
temptation and, and that it never looks like what, it, what you think it was going to look like or that maybe it's always disguised. But today I want to give you a little bit of good news as we end this. And I want us to go to Romans chapter 5. We're going to read 10 verses so you can follow along behind me on the screen. It says, we have been made right with God because of our faith. So we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our faith, Christ has brought us into that blessing of God's grace that we now enjoy. And we are very happy because of the hope we have of sharing God's glory. And we are also happy with the troubles we have. Why are we happy with troubles? Because we know that these troubles make us more patient. Come on, anybody like to just have your patience tested? <laughs> Not a whole lot of amen, just a lot of... Paul's saying, we, we, we're excited about troubles because when we come out of a trouble, we have a little more patience. We have a little more patience. It makes us more patient. And these, this patience is proof that we are strong. And this proof gives us hope, and this hope will never disappoint us. We know, that, we know this because God has poured out his love to fill our hearts through the Holy Spirit he gave us. And we're going to go on here in just a moment, but just a little side note. A lot of us like, we like the idea of hope. We like the idea of being strong, but we don't want to go through the trouble and the patience to get it. And I believe the Bible is showing us that there's a process that this is what, when you go through trouble in your life, it makes you more patient so that it makes you more strong, so that you can, you can, have, you can have hope in God knowing that he brought me through before, he'll bring me through again. He's done it before, he'll do it again. Verse 6. Christ died for us when we were unable to help ourselves. We were living against God, but at just the right time, Christ died for us. Very few people will die to save the life of someone else, even if it is for a good person. Someone might be willing to die for an especially good person. But check this out. But Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And by this, God showed how much he loves us. Not loved, loves us, even today. We have been made right with God by the blood sacrifice of Christ, so through Christ we will surely be saved from God's anger. I mean that while we were God's enemies, he made friends with us through his son's death. And the fact that we are now God's friends makes it even more certain that he will save us through his son's life. I, I came here today as we end this series to tell somebody and announce to somebody that, that Jesus gave his life for you even though you were and probably are still jacked up. Even though you were screwed up, you're still struggling with stuff today, and you're never going to be perfect, Jesus came and died for you anyway. You've heard me say this before, but Jesus died for you just in case you decide to live for him. With no guarantee. While, while people are spitting on him and crucifying him and yelling at him and mocking him, he was dying. And isn't it so awesome that when we read that story, and I know this is not Easter and we're used to hearing that story on Easter, but I know that isn't it so cool that while Jesus is on the cross and everybody's doing all this stuff to him and he's in all this pain and all this agony, and he's dying for all of us, even those that weren't even alive just yet. He calls out to the Father and says, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. 
Can I just tell you today that even though you might be right now, you might be you might be living in temptation, you might be living in sin, you might be in a place where you know I wish there was some way I could get out of this. I don't like the way that my life's going, but I really don't know how to turn it around. I really don't know how to do that. Can I tell you that Jesus dying for you has already set the forgiveness in front of you, and all you have to do is take it. All you have to do, Jesus did everything for you. Everything for me. We don't have to get, see, here's the misconception a lot of times. I need to get my stuff together before I can come to church or before I can, you know, I've heard them say before, you know, if today's your day and you want to you wanna get saved, you want to give your life to Jesus, but I just, I know that I'm still struggling with stuff, so there's stuff that I need to work on and stuff that I need to get in order before I can come to Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. I died for you so that you can bring all your mess to me and give your life to me and let me work it out for you. Just like when we were talking about falling in love with Jesus, Versus trying to do all the right things. Somehow, whenever you give your life to Jesus, and you, fa- and you just fall in love with Jesus, not because Jesus just does everything for you. Come on, somebody. Not because Jesus does everything that you want him to do, but because he saved you. And you're on this side of the comma, and you're in love with him. Somehow... He works out all the other stuff in your life. It's not going to happen overnight. If there's something you've struggled with for years, it it might take a process of getting you out of certain situations, getting you out of things that you have put yourself in. But it's just interesting to me how Jesus always has a way of getting us where he wants us to be. But we have to take the first step and, and just receive the forgiveness that he's already died to give us so that he can start working out all the other stuff in our lives, not the opposite way around. Not getting everything together and then coming to Jesus, okay, I think I got it all figured out. Now I think I can live for you. Now I think I can, I can, I can do better. I can, I can serve better. I can do all this stuff. It's not about that. It's about giving your life to him first. The Bible says that Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. So as we've gone through this series, we've all probably seen ourselves in one or more of the situations that we've talked about. And I just want to ramble a few off here. And maybe you found yourself in one of these messages. But maybe you've tried so hard to change and to do right, but you haven't been focused on just loving Jesus. You haven't been focused on just giving your life to him and falling in love with him. Maybe you've been listening to all the negative in your mind, and it's caused you to see and speak negatively. And when you think about your life right now, you, you, you think, I can't even see anything good. I can't even say anything good because I'm listening to the wrong thing. And the enemy has me convinced that it's never going to get any better, and I'm never going to get where I want to go, and my life is never going to change, and I'm always going to struggle with that, and I'm never going anywhere. And we listen to that, and it affects the things that we say, the things that we see, the way that we see our situation. Maybe your response to temptation up until this point has always been to give in and then regret it later. Desire, give in, regret it later. Desire, give in, regret it later. Maybe you found yourself in that cycle. Maybe you've isolated yourself and allowed your sin and temptations to eat away at you from the inside out. And you don't really know how to get past it, and you don't really know what to do with it, but you, you've, you don't want anybody to know 
And you don't want to be in relationship with anybody who can help you through those things. I am a firm believer that when you open yourself up to relationship with people, that God will bring just the right person to you who has been through or has wisdom in the area that you're going through right in that very moment. I cannot tell you how many things that we've been through that, that years down the line, two years later, five years later, we've been able to help people and encourage people that are going through the same thing that we went through because God caused our paths to cross. We didn't know them. We may have just met them. We might have known them for a week. I don't know. But God, God has a way of providing opportunities whenever you open yourself up to it to where he'll bring somebody. God is not leaving you on an island. He's not leaving you alone to figure out your issues and figure out what you struggle with, figure out how to fix it. He has people. God loves to use people. I love Ephesians 3.20 that God can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. But a lot of times we stop there. Because what does the last part of the verse say? Through his power working in us. So God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine through us. He wants to do it through me for you. Through you for me. But we've got to open ourselves up to it and say, God, I, I, I'm, just, I'm opening myself up to relationship. I'm opening myself up. I'm going to get in a group and just see what happens. I'm just going to get in a group and see, see who I meet. I'm going to get in a group and just see who's there, see if I like it, see if it can really help me in my walk with Jesus. Jesus knew that you would give in to the temptations that you've given into in your life, and he still gave his life for you. He knew what you were going to do before you ever did it, and he died for you anyway. He gave his life for you anyway. And today what I want to do as we wrap it up this morning, I want to give us all the opportunity to, to really get a fresh start. I, I felt like there was no better way to end this series than to give everybody the opportunity to say, you know what, today I'm laying the temptation down, I'm laying the sin down, I'm laying the struggle down. I, I, I know it's not going to be perfect overnight, but today I'm laying it down. And I'm going to do the things that God has already told me to do. And from this moment forward, come on, we're starting groups this week. Y'all think it's just a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. We're starting groups this week so that you have the opportunity to find somebody, get in a group, start putting things into practice in your life so that God can work through your life. And I, I think it's so cool, we're all, myself included, we're going to have an opportunity to say, you know what, today may not be January 1, but how many of you know we don't need January 1 to get a fresh start? <laughs> we don't need January, we don't need to wait. A lot of times, what do we do whenever we're, well, I'm going to go on, I saw this on Facebook like two weeks ago, somebody was saying, I'm going on a diet, and I'm looking for some ideas about the best diet to go on, and I'm going to start this diet on on uh, on September the first, and this is like August twenty third. I'm like, why not now? <laughs> so you're gonna so you're gonna set yourself up for the next twelve days to just eat everything you want to eat and drink everything you want to drink, and then overnight you're gonna say at midnight, I'm doing this. <laughs> and a lot of times that's what we do with the new year. We think, boy, I'm just New Year's resolution and January fifteenth, and we're already off track. We're not, we're not exercising like we thought we were going to and all this stuff. We don't need to wait. There's no better time than now to get a fresh start. There's no better time than right now in your life
to say, you know what, I'm laying it all down, and we're going to try it. We're going to try it a different way. My way hasn't been working, and so we're going to try it a different way. So I want to give us all that opportunity, and here's why I want to give us that opportunity. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. Here's Romans 10, starting in verse 9. It says, if you openly say, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Yes, we believe in Jesus deep in our hearts, and so we are made right with God, and we openly say that we believe in him, and so we are saved. Yes, the scriptures say anyone who trusts in him will never be what? Never be disappointed. Anybody ever been disappointed by somebody else? Can I tell you today that a lot of times we like Romans 10, 9, that if you, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. And that's, that's incredible. But I love verse 11, that anybody who does it will never be disappointed. Anybody who makes that decision will never be disappointed. And here's the second reason. It's John 10.10, and you've heard us say this, this verse from the stage multiple times. But it says, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came, talking about Jesus, I came to give life, and not just life. Life that is full and good. Some translations say life to the fullest, the fullest life, life to the full. I love this translation when I picked it out, that Jesus came to give you life, but not just life. Life that is good and full. Full life. Anybody ever just been living, but you didn't feel full and you didn't feel good? Jesus came. It says the enemy comes to do three things. Throughout this whole series, we've been talking about, for lack of a better way of putting it, we've been talking about the devil and how the devil wants to just disguise things in your life to get you to fall into things. And we've been giving you some practical steps on how to get out of that, how to disarm the enemy and do all this stuff. And this is the reason why the enemy brings temptation and sin to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. To steal your joy, to kill your relationship with God, and to destroy your marriage. Those are not the only things that he's going to kill, steal, and destroy from you. But anybody ever felt like the enemy was just trying to destroy your marriage, kill your relationship with God, take away all of your joy and all of your hope in situations? That's what the devil does. And I love, I love this. Before you sin, I want you to, I, I want you to get this because this is, this is so, th I believe this will help you. This will help you. This, this is going to help me to think about this because here's what the enemy does. He'll tell you before you sin that God's grace will forgive you. Well, God's grace will forgive you. You can just go ahead and do it. It's not that big of a deal because God will forgive you. God will forgive you. And Paul in the Bible says that should we keep on sinning just because God has all this grace to give us? No. We should, we should live our lives for God. But the enemy will tell you, you can just go ahead because God's grace will cover it. And then, everybody say, and then. This is what he'll do after. <laughs> he'll tell you that God's grace is big enough to forgive you, and then as soon as you do it, God's grace doesn't cover that one. 
God's not big enough to cover what you just did. And so before you step into it, you have the desire, and the enemy's like, you know, God, God will forgive you. It's all right. Everybody's going to mess up. Everybody's just, everybody's going through life, and they're just messing up, and everybody's going to sin every day, and everybody, you know, it's just who we are as humans and people and, and all of this stuff, and God will forgive you. And then as soon as you give in, well, <laughs> God doesn't love you anymore because of what you just did, and God can't forgive you for that one. And his grace really isn't that big to forgive you. And we step into all of this guilt and shame, feeling like we've done something that God can't forgive us of and God can't pull us out of and that God can't walk with us through. The enemy is a liar. The devil is a liar. He doesn't do anything but lie. I don't think you heard me. The enemy does not do anything to you but lie to you. He is not going to tell you the truth. Because if somebody told you the truth, you probably wouldn't do it. But he's going to make it look good, and he's going to lie to you because he's a liar. That's what he does. He's a liar. But I love the good news today of what Jesus wants to do in your life. And the Bible tells me that he has already overcome the devil. It's not, see, we get the wrong picture in our minds a lot of time. It's not God fighting the devil every day and, and it's like, well, I don't know who's going to win today. You know, the devil's really coming after him, and I'm trying to fight him off, but boy, that devil, he sure is, he's tough, and he's strong, and I just don't know what's going to happen. No, God already beat him. We just have to walk in that. We just have to say, we just have to tell the enemy whenever he tries to lie to you, not today. There's a song, we might just sing it at our church. There's a new song that just came out, and I love one line in it that says, let the devil know, not today. Sometimes we just need to let the devil know, not today. <laughs> when my feet hit the ground in the morning, not today. Not today. You're not getting me today. I'm not going down that road again today. I'm not going back to that today. Not today. Sometimes we just need to stand up in the morning and just, just straighten our back a little bit and just say, you know what? Devil, not today. Not today. I don't care what you bring my way. I don't care what you try to put in my mind. I don't care what you do to me. Not today. Not today. Jesus wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you peace. He wants to bless your finances. Come on, we, money is a big deal to us. Jesus wants to give you the life that he has intended for you from the very beginning. I want to bring the worship team back up. And this morning, in all of this, here is the question. Do you want the life that Jesus has for you? That's the only question you need to ask yourself today. Do I want the life that Jesus has for me? Because he's already, he's already got it. He, he's standing here today with his hands out saying, If you want it, you can have it. If you want it, all you have to do is just, I want that. Somebody brings you a gift and brings you a present, 
and they just hold it out. If I was standing up here with a $100 bill and I was just walking around like this right here, how many of you know there'd be somebody jump out of their seat and come get a $100 bill? That's what, that's what God is doing this morning. If you want the life that I have for you, all you have to do is take it. All you have to do is take it. And once you take it, he will start showing you the step one of what you need to do. Whatever that is in your life, whatever you've been going through, step one, this is what I want you to do. You do that. Step two, this is what you need to do. And before you know it, all of the stuff that was in your life that you were so worried about and so stressed about and so concerned about and struggling with and giving into all of the time, all of a sudden, those things don't seem that big. I was talking to somebody I was talking to somebody, this has been several months ago, and they were from Utah. And they were talking about the mountains and all of this stuff, and they were, in essence, they were giving us a hard time because around here, what we call a mountain, they would call a hill, where he's from. (laughs) Can I tell you today that what you think is a mountain, that God says, (laughs) all that is, is a little speed bump, (laughs) that we can just get the dozer out and just break that thing up and get it out of the way. And we look at things and we think, well, there's no way I can get out of this. There's no way I can be forgiven. There's no way I can move on. There's no way I can get to where I want to be. And God says, that isn't no, that's not a mountain. That's just a little bitty hill. And God says today, if you want the life that I have for you, if you're ready for a fresh start, You've been giving in, and I'm even talking about, I'm talking about if you've never given your life to Jesus, but I'm also talking about those of us that are living for him right now, but we've been going through some struggles. How many of you know that you can be a Christian and you can still give in to temptation? And it doesn't mean that you're not on your way to heaven, and it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It just means that there's something in your life that you need to give to the Lord. And today is your day. So you got to ask yourself, do I want the life that Jesus has for me, that he's offering me? Am I ready on September the 10th, 2017, for a do-over, a fresh start, new things in my life, and I'm not going back? I'm not going back. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We're going to give you the opportunity today, if that's you and you want somebody to pray for you, we're going to open it up here in just a moment for anybody to come for prayer for anything in their life. Anything you're going through, anything you're facing, you'll be able to come get prayer for it. But here's what I want to do, and a lot of times we do it with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today we're doing heads up and eyes open. If you're here today and you've been here for the last five weeks, And you say, you know what, I find myself in one of those situations. I'm thinking the wrong things. I'm doing the wrong things. My response isn't what it should be. I'm on the wrong side of the comma. I'm trying to do, 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 and today I just want to fall in love with Jesus for real. If you fall into any one of those categories and today is your day and you say, you know what, today I want to start over. I want to start over and I'm laying it down today and I'm not picking it back up. If that's you, I just want you to put your hand in the air right now. I'm starting over today. You're not, you're not, 
my hand is in the air. Today's a new day. Today's a fresh start. Today's a do-over. Come on, we serve the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the fifth chance and the sixth chance. You've done it. You've done it before. <laughs> Today is a new day. Let's pray this prayer together out loud. I want us all to pray this prayer together. Jesus, today is a new day. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Put me on the right path. Today I lay down all of my desire, temptation, sin, regret, guilt, condemnation. I lay it all down at your feet today. And I will not pick it back up. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand for what has just happened in this room today? <laughs> here's, what, here's what I want us to do. We're going to sing one more song. We like to go out with a worship song. We want to sing one final song. We want to ask, unless you have an emergency, don't leave. Just hang out where you are. If you need prayer for anything in your life, anything, finances, marriage, something you're struggling with, something you, you, know, you haven't even told anybody, we just want to pray with you. You're just here today and you say, I just want somebody to pray with me about this. I need somebody to believe with me about this. I don't even, maybe you don't even know what to pray right now. And I need prayer. We want you, as we begin to sing this last song, we want you to just, we invite you to come down and let us pray for you. We want to pray for you. Don't be embarrassed to come for prayer. I need prayer. Okay? Don't, don't, don't be embarrassed to think, well, what are they going to think about me if I go down for prayer? This guy needs prayer. We all need prayer probably every single day. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.